Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. This is Matt McLaren. And this, of course, is Jam Session, the podcast version 318, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And we've got a lot to get into. We'll get into the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving win and share our thoughts. We got a wild weekend in college football, as many of you are well aware of, and some stories from the block. But, of course, we decided to take Thanksgiving off and we'll get into that uh, coming up in the block. But yes, you didn't miss anything. We did not record a post-game Cowboys conversation. So this one will kind of serve as our post-game thoughts. But before we dive into that, Greening Law, as many of you know, I was hurt in a car accident over a year ago, and I've been working with Robert Greening and the Green team at Greening Law ever since. If you've been hurt in a car accident, injured on the premises of a business, if you think you've got a case your first call really does need to be like after I had my car accident that next Monday morning, like at 830 in the morning, I immediately called Robert Greening because I knew I was going to need somebody to guide me through this to help fight these insurance companies and to make sure that I was getting what I needed to get taken care of in a variety of different ways. And that's where Greening Law comes in, man. And the consultation is free. So if you think you got a case, you should call them. I mean, Matt has told you this has been a long time, man. It's been more than a year. And whenever you're going through a process like this, it's great to have somebody to say, hey, here's ropes, kid. Let me tell you what to do, because it can be a complicated process. It can be an intimidating process. And who doesn't want somebody who's good at this holding their hand, walking them down the pathway, showing them where to turn left or right. Say, hey, watch this obstacle. Take a little hop step here. It's no different. Let me listen to this, people. It's no different than when you're playing those video games and you go to the store and you buy the guidebook. Why? So you can figure out how to beat the game. This is what this is all about It's how to win your case. Go to Greening Law, give them an opportunity to show you how to walk down a path. It's 972-934-8900, the number 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, call him now, offices Dallas, Texas. So these Cowboys, man, that was an interesting game on Thanksgiving Day. Coming on the heels of the massive blowout, obviously, over Minnesota the previous week. Four days later, they turn around last Thursday and you go into halftime down 13 to seven and Twitter is again and you got to love Cowboys fans, man. And I am one. I'm I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I swear I'm not fickle like this. I mean, at at halftime, I'm seeing tweets that are like so much for this. uh, This this team's not any good They're They'll be lucky to make the playoffs. 
I even had a friend who goes, yeah, this team sucks. He's like, I can't believe how bad this is. I was like, okay, so do we not play the second half? Does that not count in the game? Do you, do you not want to see if they can come back out and offer us something? You know, maybe they came out a little flat. They did just play a few days ago. Sure enough, they come back out in the second half and smoke the Giants and looked really good in the second half. And all things considered, again, this is a division win against a divisional team. And it's hard to win in the NFL. And they took a game. Really, to me, they won by two scores. That last touchdown at the end of the game of the Giants is pointless, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, nobody. Uh, I mean, you if you watch the game, you know what's up. Uh, it was a good victory. It was a well-played second half. And, uh, you know, for me, man, I just look at it to see if they're moving in a direction where they can do some damage in the playoffs. That's really all I look for because I've told you, I'm not style pointing wins, man. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that they're at the level where I need to style point them yet. Uh, I do that for championship contenders or championship teams that have won championships or teams that have a history of, of playing well. I mean, we're still trying to get to back-to-back double-digit wins, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're still trying to get to consecutive playoff appearances. So, yes, they have a good team, but I'm not style pointing, but there's a lot of things to like. And I'm going to start off with this, man. I'm going to ask you this question because I've been bitching about it all year. And I'm trying to – I have some thoughts, but I'm interested to hear yours first. Like, I've trashed the offense all year, and they were, they were trashable, and they deserved to be trashed against uh, when Cooper Rush was a quarterback. Even though Cooper Rush did a fantastic job at what he was supposed to do. Why do you think this offense has been averaging 33 points a game since Dak returned? I've been trying to figure that out, too. It, it's something with Dak that it, it, it's the whole thing just functions better. And, and I don't know what it is, but the numbers well, like across the board, the numbers across the board, the rushing number, all the numbers are way better in the time that Dak has played than in the group that Cooper Rush was running out there with. Okay, you just gave me something. It could now. We know the obvious people. Dak is significantly better than Cooper Rush. Okay, that's number. So we knew that. That's that. But I thought it was going to be a bad offense, regardless of whether Dak yeah. was playing a quarterback or not. Maybe it's that he's doing a just much, 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 much better job. So much better, we can't really even think about how much better it is of getting him into the right plays and the right situations against the fronts of the defenses that they're seeing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, like it's something that Dak is seeing something and at the line is making better decisions. The, right. The, it's not that Cooper Rush made bad ones. Right. He just made, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, there's a reason why Dak makes $40 million a year. And, and I know people yeah. want to freak out and like, oh, it's, it's. But again, and I also think that the defenses respect Dak and his abilities a lot more than they did against Cooper Rush and what uh, he was doing. Yes, 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 yes. No, that's, no, I think you're right there. No, no, no. I think that's a good one, too, because then I think it was all about. Yeah, let Cooper Rush see if he can beat us passing. We're not going to let you run. Right. Or we're going to really try to stop it and see if Cooper Rush can beat us uh, throwing the ball. I think that's what Philadelphia said after they beat the Cowboys. Like, we're going to let Cooper Rush do his thing and see and see if he can get it done. Um, my other and, – and I'm just kind of free talking because I've been thinking about this off and on over the past few days. I think um, the tight ends help too because I think it provides some diversity on offense – and the way that they're using them and the fact that the, f- the first three of them are, li- are literally all good receivers and at least two and a half of them are good blockers, um, that you just they you got multiple outlets you can go with the ball when they're in the game and they provide that run threat because they are tight ends. Yeah, and, and I mean, it is 
you know, you look at this. Since Dak has come back, they are they're first in the NFL in points. They are first in third downs. They're first in points per drive. I mean, it is... I don't want to say it's a machine, but at times it is machine-like. And look, Dak was very good against the Giants for the most part. Yeah, he threw a couple of interceptions. We can argue all day again. I, I know those that just think Dak is average and overpaid. It's always his fault. It's never the, the receiver never ran the wrong route or read the defense incorrectly. It's always on Dak. That's fine. Dak would tell you the same thing. Dak is not Zach Wilson. Dak would flat out tell you it's on me. I don't care. It's my fault. And, you know, I thought especially the first one, that he threw that Gallup did not run the route that he didn't read what was happening the way that Dak expected him to just based on where Dak threw the ball. But again, whatever he, he was very, very good in the second half. Zeke probably had his best game of the season with his 16 for 92. Tony Pollard had another 18 carries and only managed 60 yards this time around. But, but the whole thing just seemed to really click, you know, CD had a hundred yard game again, it feels like they have figured out what works for them on offense. And maybe that's a part of it as well, because it, it, what they do on offense, as far as the play calling, it really, really is working well. Yeah, I think, uh, and we talk about this all the time when it comes to sports, uh, especially when it comes to teams, you know, the, uh, as I take a very weird exit ramp for about five seconds, you know, the Mavericks are figuring it out themselves, yeah. uh, which is, as I go back, back on the highway, um, you have to really understand what your identity is and who you are as a team. And, you know, once you understand that, then you can really play to it. When you're still figuring out what your identity is or you're still figuring out what it is you do well, you're figuring out, you know, who, who needs to do this or who needs to do that or what role people need to have, it's just hard to succeed because you're not really sure. They seem to be very sure of what they are. They're a run-first team. Uh, once again, Dak threw fewer than 35 passes. And if they can if they can run the ball successfully enough to keep him like that, they're just going to be hard to beat because you're not going to turn it over very much in general. And if you're having success running, you're two pronged. And that means your offense just functions better. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it is it is just working. I mean, if you're going to go out, especially with this defense, which, as we all know, is one of the best defenses in the NFL. If you're going to go out and put up 28 points a game, you, they're going to win a lot of football games because I don't know that a lot of teams are going to be able to put up more than 28 points on this Cowboys defense. And to that point, only two teams so far this season have done that with Chicago and Green Bay. That's it. Everybody else has been 26 or under. No, it's it's the way you're playing. You're also keeping your defense fresh. And um, I think on offense, and I think it – check this out now. I think it starts with Zeke where – there's not a there's no level of selfishness. You know, yeah. everybody's like, you know, get in where you fit in. Get, you know, if you get whatever you get is whatever you get. Maybe this is your week to shine, maybe this is your week to take a back seat. Uh, you know, even when you look at the tight ends, you know, Dalton Schultz, uh, you got paid, so just get in where you fit in, man. Some ball sometimes the ball comes to you, sometimes mm -hmm. it comes to the other two guys. Uh but when you got an offense like that where everybody's buying in, uh, you can make it happen. And see, that's why I think it's interesting that they're so uh so hot and bothered to have Beckham Jr. come. Because to me, it's an indication that they don't really care. They're just trying to win. Because I don't think he's like, I just can't see, and we'll get into it later, but I just can't see him being this impact guy. But, you know, the fact that they don't seem to care, they just want him around, means to me that it's a good vibe for your team to have. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And, and it, it, that's the type of piece that teams that think they've got a chance to win the whole thing add. And, and again, I don't think that they're missing an Odell. They're not an Odell Beckham Jr. away, probably. But the version of this Cowboys team, I was talking with somebody about this on Friday. 
and, and you and I have had this conversation many times, you look around the NFC, and again, the way that the Cowboys can play football, it, are, are the Eagles the best team in the NFC right now? They are based on record. We'll see when they play again in about a month here on Christmas Eve, how that turns out. But man, it's you look at the Cowboys and the way that they play and the way they are capable of playing, and you look at them and say, why not the Cowboys? And again, it was an ugly first half. It, it was clunky. But I, the fact that they, they kind of were flat and struggled a little bit early and then were able to figure some things out and come out and, and play the way they played in the second half, I think that says a lot about this team. I don't expect them to be perfect for four quarters of a football game week in and week out. And on a short week, you know, that was a game that it feels like in years past, we've seen this team. Well, oh, well, we just don't have it today. It, I enjoyed what I saw from the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Well, I try, you know, <laughs> take a second to laugh, people, because I'm going to explain something to you. Um, you know, it's hard to win in the league, man. People just forget that, bro. Yeah. Like, the teams are so good. There's, there's really not a lot of difference separating the best and the worst. That if you do, if, if you play down just a little bit and other people play up just a little bit, the, the gap gone. And it just becomes um, a game. And so it's hard to win. Okay, here, here, here's what you can laugh about. So my dad is, uh, you know, I talk to my dad at, Normally once a week. Yeah. Uh, normally on Sundays we talk about the games, all this other stuff. So uh, uh, we're talking last week, and it's after Buffalo has lost to Minnesota, and Josh Allen threw a pick in the end zone. He's like, you know, Josh has got to do. I said, Dad, hold tight a second. He said, Yeah, what's up? I said, Respectfully, shut up. And he goes, <laughs> he, he did like you started laughing. He said, What? I said, Dad, you and Carol, that's his wife. I said, I've seen y'all with my own eyes offering all sorts of sacrifices to the football gods and praying and asking Jesus to bring you a football savior. And you went 25 years, man, without a fucking quarterback. Yeah. You know, I only started cussing around my dad about three years ago. Oh, there you I go. said, without a fucking quarterback, man. Now you got Josh Allen. Your football savior, your Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, it looks like. The first one since Jim Kelly, man. I ain't trying to hear shit y'all got to say about Josh Allen. I mean, uh, Allen, man. You go complain about some other part of the team. Now, I'm not listening to no complaints about Josh Allen. <laughs> he starts laughing. He says, okay, you're right. <laughs> My whole point of it's hard to find a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So when you get one, stop complaining about him. And number two, man, it's just hard to win in the league. So um, I told y'all on Twitter at the beginning, like, this is how teams get upset because that is how you get upset. But uh, – they buckled down, which we've seen this team not do in the past. They fool around and lose that game. And so, you know, there's something that they turned it up in the second half and said, oh, shit, no, we need to go and snuff these boys out. And then they went and choked them out, as Demarcus Lawrence would say. Yeah, and it, it's funny, too, because to that point, I mean, look at the game earlier in, on Thanksgiving Day. The Bills had to escape Detroit with a win that they won by three points. And everybody's like, oh, man, what a gutsy win by the Bills. And, oh, that's a good team. The Cowboys do that. Oh, they suck. You know, they should have blown them out. And we just, for whatever reason, and again, it's, it's always the team that we watch and the team that you nitpick and spend all this time. You know, you might turn on the bills, but we're, you're, you're not watching them week in and week out every single snap like we do with the Cowboys. And I get it. I understand that. You know, one thing with the offense and one thing really with the team, they've struggled with it all season. And, and at some point, you got to stop doing it is the penalties. They had 13 penalties against the Giants. They lead the league in false starts, which is just wild. I think they had another four, you know, and they're at home. They're at home, right. false starting in their own stadium. 
That's it, a lack of focus. Which is just so strange. And, and you look at this, you know, even Zach Martin got dinged for one on Thanksgiving, which is a rarity because that is only the sixth time in his nine year career that he has had a holding call accepted against him. Which I knew I could I didn't know the number, but I was like, oh my, this doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and that's this, this needs to be noted. Yeah, and then every time you see that, like when I was like, no way, he didn't hold. I can't believe they threw a flag on him. But you know, you look at it all in all, this is a team, and again, sixty-eight points in two wins that came in five days in those two games against the Vikings and the Giants, converting sixty-eight percent of their third downs, allowed zero sacks against both those teams, over one hundred and forty-nine snaps in a five-day period with the two games. I, I think you take that, you look at it, you're eight and three. Offensively, this thing is clicking. The flip side of this, and, and we've talked about it a gazillion times, this defense, when they're on, it, it, I mean, they are such... Micah had two more sacks. That's now twice, back-to-back games in five days, he had two sacks in. He is second in the NFL with 12 sacks on the year. He had 13 all of last year. Dorrance Armstrong now has eight sacks, which is eighth in the NFL, or excuse me, 10th in the NFL. And I thought that was funny because I went and looked it up. I, I totally forgot Randy Gregory was hurt. You know, that was the whole thing. And, and I did not want them to sign Randy Gregory that contract. I thought that was ridiculous that they wanted to pay that dude that type of money. Randy Gregory has played in only four games for Denver this year. He's been on the IR for like seven weeks and he has just two sacks. So th- yeah. they, they ended up not getting that deal done and having Gregory back out was a wonderful thing that happened for them. Uh, you know, I do this thing called 10 Truths from the Cowboys game uh, every week uh, for the Dallas Morning News. And that's one of the things I wrote about. I think it was the last one I did, which is sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. Because yeah. uh, and, and I did it. And, and uh, Randy's out with the torn meniscus. That's nobody's fault. It's just bad luck. But the, the point remains is he's always missing games for whatever reason. Yep. Um, and, and he does only have the two sacks, but, you know, they use that money. Not only did they get Dorrance Armstrong, they also got Dante Fowler. And uh, Fowler's got five sacks and seven tackles for loss. And I got to tell you, he's been a much better player than I thought he was going to be in Dallas. You had Armstrong's uh, eight sacks and seven tackles for loss. That's a hell of a production, 13 sacks and 14 tackles for loss yeah. uh, from that position, bro. And they're paying Dante Fowler one year, $3 million. They got Armstrong two years for $12 million. That's called winning in a big way. Yeah. And, and again, this defense, you know, we, we've given them some crap, and I think rightfully so. Saquon Barkley in this Giants rush attack doesn't suck. They held Saquon to 39 yards on 11 attempts. Overall, the Giants only had 90 and, and were completely ineffective on the ground whatsoever. And they only allowed a couple of plays over 20 yards. I know they, they allowed that big one to Slayton. It was like 40-some-odd yards. But, I mean, for the most part, this defense played really, really good football against an offense that they should have. And we talked about this going into the game. Outside of Saquon, there's really nobody on the Giants that you worry about. And the Cowboys did what they needed to do and – it showed up, shut him down, got a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. And, you know, as long as they stay healthy on that side of the football, man, we are talking about a top five defense in the NFL. Well, the good thing is they've got the depth so that when they have got, you know, because Anthony Barr hadn't played in three yeah, weeks. That's true, yeah. Um, you know, uh, they withstood a week without Anthony Brown, you know. Um, you know, as long as they can keep their best players healthy, uh, they're going to be something to to, uh, to deal with. You know, Jonathan Hankins, maybe he'll be back. He had COVID. Uh, maybe he'll be back the next week. But you just want your best guys. How about J. J. Ryan Curse? Dislocated shoulder, popped it back in and came back in and finished the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got a lot of really good players, man. And they got a bunch of team speed. But it all starts with the superstar. 
When you got a superstar, man, everybody feeds off that guy. I mean, it's no different. Here we go again with Luka and the Mavericks. Yeah. Everybody feeds off that guy because he's so good and he can do such incredible things that you just have to go, let's, you know, I got to crank my game up or he makes the game easier for everybody else. Uh, we all know that, you know, yeah, Doris Armstrong's having a great year. Part of the reason why is who you're playing with. You're playing with that guy who's creating all kind of opportunities for you. Yeah, man. And, and you know, you look at it all and all, they were dominant on third down. The Giants only converted three of 11 on third down. And it, it, I looked at it, it's a week by week thing. You want to take care of the business that's in front of you. And now you have that opportunity like we talked about. You got a couple of wins in a row. You're eight and three. And reality of it is the expectation from me is you go win these next three games to set something up on Christmas Eve that potentially could be for the division because you got the Colts coming up on Sunday night football this week. Then you've got the Texans at home the week after that. The Texans are horrible. I mean, the Texans are easily the worst team in the NFL and, and will end up drafting a quarterback. And, you know, they, they pulled Davis Mills and started Kyle Allen all that whole thing. And then you got a road game against the Jaguars. Those are three teams. And again, like you said, Jock, it is the NFL. Anything can happen. But these are three teams that the Cowboys are better than and the Cowboys should beat. No, I don't think there's any doubt about it. That's, you know, I mean, they just should. It's really not. Uh, this time of year, it's like, okay, everybody's locked in. Everybody's focused. Everybody's trying to make their playoff push. Um they're in position to do it now. There, there's really just not a good reason they shouldn't be 11-3 and three when they go face the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, that's what I it mean, should be. But what you want is you just don't want 11-3. You want crisp, well-played 11-3. Now, you know, um, I think the Colts can be a little tricky. They got a veteran quarterback, even though he doesn't move around very much. They got a good running back. Their offensive line is terrible. But that's a game you, sh- you, sh- you need to win. Yep. And then you need to go ahead and not play with your food, as uh, my man Clarence Hill said about the Cowboys the other day. You need to blow the Texans out. They're not any good. They're coming to your place. That just needs to be a blowout. You know, one of those 31-7 to games yes. where everybody's, everybody's chilling midway through the fourth quarter, and it's like, hey, why is Dak still out there? Shouldn't Cooper Rush be in? And then uh, Jacksonville has some individual talent, uh, but – uh, they got a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Etienne has been a really good running back this year for him. But, again, there's somebody you should go and you should dispatch of somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 34-14 or some shit like that. Uh, and then you should be ready to, to roll into the Eagles game saying, hey, we've won five in a row. We got our quarterback. Let's go. Yeah, and, and – Again, we'll see how it turns out. The Colts play the Steelers on Monday night football and then turn around and play on Sunday night against the Cowboys. They're 4-6-1 and one going into Monday night. The Steelers are not good, so it's possible you're talking about a 5-6-1 and one Colts team. Who cares? The Jags right now are 3-7, and seven, and the Texans have won one game. I mean, the Texans are really, really bad. When we talk about bad football teams, they're horrible. As a matter of fact, they're second worst in point differential in the NFL. I mean, they they are getting wiped off the face of the earth when they play teams. They are not good. So we'll see. But it's going to be interesting because Philly, obviously, and as we record this on Sunday, they haven't played yet because they play Sunday night football and they're going up against the Packers. But Philadelphia, before they get to the Cowboys, they've got the Packers this weekend, then the Titans. And the Titans are a good football team. And then they have back-to-back road games going to the Giants and then to Chicago. I don't know that I'm expecting Philadelphia to go undefeated in the next four weeks. I, I think that they may lose a game somewhere. And if that happens, then that, that, there's going to be a lot of weight on that Cowboys game on Christmas Eve when they come in to play the Cowboys that afternoon in Dallas. But we'll see. 
Got to take care of your business before you can get there. But man, I will say this to your point about the 10 win seasons. I expect that streak to end in the next couple of weeks because the Cowboys haven't won back to back seasons with 10 wins or more since 95, 96. They're two wins away from accomplishing that. Dude, I mean, yeah, we fully expect that to happen, just like we fully expect them to, uh, you know, make the postseason for the first time since uh, 06, 07 in back-to-back years. These are all things that disappear when you, when you play good football, when you get some consistency. And I got to tell you, play, this is, I didn't expect this this year. That's a credit to Mike McCarthy, um, who had a hell of an offseason in terms of dictating how he yeah. wanted to be the, 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 season, the game to be played. And I give him a lot of credit, man, for telling Kellen Moore, yo, bro, this is the way we're rolling now. Get with the program. And then reminding him of it when he got away from it uh, during the season. Uh, I don't think you can overlook that and be like, ah, you know, it's whatever. Nah, that was a huge deal to why they are where they are right now. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll see. We'll be turning our attentions towards that Colts game, Sunday night football. That, that's a weird one. I bet Sunday night they got to be looking at that going, really? Man, we thought the Colts were going to be something with Matt Ryan and now you've got Jeff Saturday and it's a that's the prime matchup but then again I mean the Cowboys I don't know how many of you guys saw this or not but the Cowboys set an NFL record their Thanksgiving Day game you want to talk about relevant when they're good people love to watch them hoping they'll lose and then people like us love watching them because we love them 42 million people watch that Cowboys Giants game which is an all-time NFL record for a regular season game well, that's why I was reading something the other day about somebody was wanting to know if they were going to flex it just because the Colts are. I like the Colts are actually interesting now because Jeff Saturday is the coach. So, no, nah, they're not flexing that game. No, yeah, you're exactly right. They're, it's the Dallas Cowboys. And with the Dallas Cowboys being good, people are going to tune in. They're going to want to watch. So, yes. The other thing, and this is interesting, a couple of things that are coming out today. Adam Schefter just threw up on Twitter that an executive – on a team linked to Odell Beckham Jr. said this about him. <laughs> it sounds like it'll be Dallas. If you're in Vegas, your two-to-one favorite is the Cowboys and everyone else is five or six-to-one. I mean, so, it's been like that for a minute. Yeah, so and I think we all kind of figured, you know, if it was the Giants and the Cowboys that he was visiting, I don't know how you look at the Giants and think you're going to do anything with them. But again, um, we, we, and we have, you and I went down the rabbit hole on Odell Beckham Jr. like a month ago or whatever. You got to realize what type of Odell Beckham Jr. that this team is getting. This is not one-hand catch phenom Odell Beckham Jr. This is a dude who might be your third or fourth wide receiver, who's a good wide receiver. He just gives you depth at that position, but he's not going to surpass CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup or something here. No, and did you see the uh, the piece that uh, John Mashota, Johnny Matches, we like to call him, mm. wrote uh, on The Athletic about Beckham and why uh, where things stand because when you do that it just made more sense than ever and and it's I'm looking for it right quick I have it um, I'm looking for the part I was I was trying to tell you guys about um, just all the different connections he's got to Dallas like uh, oh the tight ends coach was uh, the offensive line coach when he was with the Giants was the assistant offensive line coach when he was with yeah. the Giants. Uh, the passing game coordinator, Joe Witt, defensive passing game coordinator, had the same job when he was with the Browns. Odell Beckham was with the Browns. Offensive line coach, assistant offensive line coach, Jeff Blasco, was also on the Browns staff. Adam Henry, Beckham's wide receiver coach at LSU, you know, is now with the Cowboys. I mean, it's just a lot of things. Like, 
Oh, I mean, and here's the deal. He can find a comfort spot here because the players obviously want him. The coaches know him. It's an easy fit. Yeah, so if you're an OBJ fan, be stoked. Yeah, I mean, it'll be... Like I've said before, I mean, I, I don't know what I expect from him. If he can do what he did for the Rams last year in their playoff run, then hell yeah, man. And, and I'll, I'll pay that dude. What do you need? You need $5 million for the rest of the season? Do we have to have you on the team next year? Is it an option? Like, how do we want to work it out? But yeah, whatever it takes. Well, here's, uh, here's what I think will probably happen, bro. I mean, he's, he's, he wants to be... He doesn't want to go do this whole song and dance again next year. So, right, yeah. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be on the Cowboys next year. Uh, if he ends up signing. But I think what happens is uh, the reason why they think it'll be a good fit, okay, yeah, that gives you really a, another whole year to get your knee ready and get right for, for the off season. I mean, for the season. Yeah, you'll be 31 then. But what what can he do? He can play outside. Gallup can play outside. And then what can CeeDee Lamb do? Playing a slot where he operates best, just like when they had Amari out here. Um, you know. And you can try to make it happen that way with those three guys and then add another young guy, yeah. maybe Jalen Tolbert's worth something by then. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Jalen Tolbert. <laughs> wow. Man, for a third-round pick, holy crap, man. I, I, whew. I guess they missed on that one. Well, we don't know. I mean, as a rookie, yeah. I, was, I thought maybe he'd get a chance to make a little bit more of an impact. I mean, that dude barely gotten on the field. Nah, he's been a bust. Yeah, I mean, that's... Woo. All right, Jalen Tolbert. Oh, well, what can that, he do? Doesn't mean his career is a bust. No, no, a bust but he, this year. he, for a, a guy you drafted in the third round, you probably were hoping that he would get on the field a little bit more than what we have seen so far this yeah. year, which is basically nothing. They thought he'd be Michael Gallup as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, that, they did. 40-something catches, 500 yards, three or four touchdowns. Well, they were Cool. Wrong. Yeah. They were, as some might say, way off on that. But I got to tell you, it doesn't happen very often with them where they're wrong like that at the top. Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, I just looked it up. Jalen Tolbert has played 77 snaps so far this season. Yeah, bust. 77. And by the way, they've had 728 on offense. So he's played, what is that, roughly 10% of the snaps. Correct. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Oh, you know what you need, man? You need some bruised biltong. I hope that you have put in your order. I hope you're using the promo code JAM15, J-A-M-15. And again, if you are a beef jerky fan, you got you have got to try Biltong because it'll blow your mind. It's Bruise Biltong is the name of it. B-R-U-S, BruiseBiltong.com. It makes a great present. And I've, I've talked about this a couple of times. We gave out some bags of Bruise Biltong last year at Christmas as gifts to people in our life that we know enjoy beef jerky. Makes a great stocking stuffer. I know a lot of times people put snacks and whatnot in your stocking for Christmas. So jump over to Bruise Biltong, man. Get that slice Biltong. Get a slab, stick it in somebody's stocking and just enjoy it. Enjoy that savory, tender, 100% air-dried deliciousness. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's beautiful. Uh, sexy, sexy, <laughs> butt strips. There you go. <laughs> I was setting y'all up for that, but no, that's the party animal where they pull it from, then they cut it into strips. Man, it's delicious. Um, yeah, y'all both know me and Matt like to work out. I got one in this morning as we record on Sunday morning, and uh, dude, 230 calories, 30 grams of protein, two ounce pouch. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that. Uh, it's a great snack any time of the day. You need to take some. I tell you this all the time. Thank us later. You ain't got to thank us now. Just order some and thank us later. It's delicious. Yeah, it's Bruise 
BillTong.com, BrewsBillTong.com, promo code JAM15 at checkout. And you get 15% off your order every time, so check them out. Also, of course, Freeway Tire Shop, JR and his crew over there at Freeway. As Jacques knows, seems like he's taking his cars over there all the time. Now, not because they're falling apart, but because he drives and travels so much. He's got to make sure that his cars are good for the roads going back and forth to Dallas and Jackson. And JR, man, he's going to do the work. He's going to stand behind it. And he is the guy you can trust to work on your vehicles. No, nah, man, that's that's why you rock with that's why you rock with Jr. That's why you uh, take that little short drive up thirty five to uh, north to uh, Commonwealth. Take the exit, go right through the light. He's on the right, five minutes from downtown, really. Uh, but you do that, man, because you can trust him to diagnose the issue with your car, and you can trust him to use quality parts to fix it. That's a big deal, so that the same thing doesn't keep happening. And then, as I like to say, man, I trust him to give me a fair price. I mean, I know that sounds basic, but it ain't. And then I trust the man to stand behind his work. You find another mechanic who you can trust to do all four of those things, then by all means, go use it. I have it, and that's why I ride with JR. It's the way to do it, man. It's Freeway Tire Shop. You can jump online, get that appointment scheduled, request a quote at freewaytireshop.com. JR will get you taken care of. So let's take a trip around the block. And I got to tell you, man, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get into. First off, as I mentioned at the beginning, we decided, and and this was something, I know you especially, because you've been covering the Cowboys for forever, and when you work in this industry and you work especially covering the Cowboys, you never get a Thanksgiving day. And I started experiencing this, like I had not had Thanksgiving with family, I don't think, since like 2012, because when I was in Alabama previously, the Iron Bowl is Friday or Saturday, and we do a live show on Friday getting everybody ready for the Iron Bowl because it's a huge deal here, as you might imagine. So I never was able to go home. Like I, I can't go to Dallas or Texas for one day. Right. And so I would just stay here. And then when, when we, I moved back to Dallas, I was doing Cowboys pre and post game shows. So I was at the, st- at the station for five years in a row, then moved back here and it's the same story. Well, this year, Fortunately for us, the lady's uncle lives in Mississippi and lives a little under three hours away from us. Like her dad lives up there, but they do another thing with that side. And her uncle lives uh, down close to Hattiesburg, more in southern Mississippi. So I was like an hour from Jackson. Yeah, it's not bad at all, man. And so her mom and her her stepdad were there and her sister and her new husband were coming in and her grandma lives there. So she was like, yeah, she was going to go. And I was like, you know what? It's only three hours. I was like, oh, I'm going to go with you. And w- if we get the podcast knocked out later on Thursday night, then cool. If not, at least, you know, I can go and because I hadn't seen her family in a while and, and I hadn't seen her grandma in a while. So, you know, we decided to do that. And it was awesome. It was nice to be around some family and be able to spend a little bit of time because we drove on Wednesday over there, stayed Wednesday night and then drove back here on Thursday evening. And I know you weren't feeling good. You texted me. You were sick and, and just feeling horrible. And so... We decided to give ourselves a Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, and ain't nothing wrong about it. I didn't even feel bad about it. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't feeling very well. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a person who gets sick at all, uh, in part because I try to eat right and I work out on a fairly regular basis. But when you're, when you're around a group of athletes, as much as I've been around Jackson State, this year you're just exposed to so many more people and so many more germs it's just hard to to escape it and uh, they had a flu bug going around their team about uh, two weeks ago and i thought i had tap danced around that thing and it came and got me i started feeling it last monday and it just got progressively worse even though i was trying to over medicate it 
I mean, I think you made some comment on the uh, show we did Tuesday about it. Yeah. That I was sniffling or coughing yeah. or something. Yeah, you were, yeah. And uh, it just got worse and worse. So I was kind of knocked out uh, most of that day. But uh, but it all ended up with, all ended up good. I got to hang out with my dude yesterday. So uh, we went and watched the Ohio State-Michigan game and uh, went and played pool for a couple of hours afterwards. And it was a uh, great day. Yeah, very nice, man. And it, it's been a solid Thanksgiving weekend and a lot of uh, it just – I was just really glad that we got to go over there and hang out with them because, again, on, on Thanksgiving, that's something that I haven't been able to do in a while. So it was kind of cool to be able to do that with her family, which I enjoy her family quite a bit, which is always nice. The other thing I wanted to jump into, and then I thought this was like, I'm like, what the heck is this? So apparently in Dallas, in the DFW area, there is a new burger place that is coming by the name of Busy Burger. It opened this weekend. It's called Busy Burger, and it was created by two of Dallas's best-known chain restaurant entrepreneurs. Really? Yes. It's the guys who created Payway. Like, okay. I'm done with Payway. Yeah. And so this is, it's called Busy Burger. It opened this weekend, as I mentioned, near the Galleria with a menu of burgers and only two sides. You can get tater tot fries or kimchi. And he says, the guy who created this, he said, it's fast food, but it's better. He goes, I'm definitely going after fast food. I've always wanted to make fast food better. So the two guys that teamed up for this, as I mentioned, the guy who created Payway, the other guy who co-created, I don't know if you've heard of Chili's. (laughs) So, I mean, when we talk about guys that are creating some, Anytime you see, okay, so you created Payway and you created Chili's and you guys teamed up to create a place that I, I'm, it might be okay. It might be solid. Bro, it's going to be hard for that thing to fail. You would think so, man. And this is a guy, I mean, you look at this, one of the dudes is also behind like Velvet Taco and he helped create 10 Star. I don't know if you ever have been around to the 10 Stars, but man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's right next to the gallery or right across the street. Yeah, the so he's behind those as well and... He so says that dude. Yeah, he's that guy. And, and this is really interesting. It, Busy Burger will not have lettuce, tomato and onion on the burgers. You have to add those extra. You can get a single, a double or a triple cheese or no cheese. And then you have an option to add five, a five vegetable blend, including a scoop of roasted garlic and sweet onion, wild mushroom mix or a spicy, sweet Korean barbecue blend. Oh, my God, you can't even add mustard or mayonnaise. That's not an option. There's no avocado. Weird. Interesting. I was interesting is the word that just came out of my mouth. Like, hmm, huh? interesting. Yeah. Well, what is what is this scoop of vegetables? I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's, I don't know, like man. A puree scoop? Or is it like? I guess a, so. I mean, it, it kind of looks like these like are sauces. Spread? Oh, my God, dude. All burgers are served on King's Hawaiian Rolls. Oh, now that's a positive, right? Okay, this is interesting. And, and he says that they're not trying to, it, it's not like the, the Liberty Burgers, the Hop Dotties, the Shake Shack, stuff like that. He said, that's not who we're trying to compete with. He literally says he's going up against McDonald's and other inexpensive fast food burger joints. He says, I'm turning the key on fast food. Huh. Okay, so how much is it going to cost? Well, if you want to get a single, it's $3.50. That's not too bad. Not bad at all. And, and, you know, I guess you got to add the sides and all that. But like I said, there's not a lot of sides. And I will say this. This is really interesting because I have not eaten a fast food burger in years. Yeah, no. And I mean, like at a fast food place. And then I haven't eaten a burger in a restaurant 
The only one that I will have that I will eat, there's a place in Little Rock called The Root. And that's one of those like organic farm to table places. And so the mm. meat that they use for that, I will eat their burger because it's insane. That is the only burger that I've eaten that was not cooked by like my brother or my dad or somebody in, man, six or seven years. Okay, now you got to tell people why you went this route. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's because of one of those places, you know, those those fast, casual, fancy burger places in the Dallas area several years ago, we were eating one because I enjoy them. I mean, they're good. And man, after I ate that thing, we went to Whole Foods. We were going to get some groceries or something. And I looked at her and I was like, I think I'm having a heart attack. I was like, I feel horrible. And my heart was racing and I was sweating. And I, I just, and I just, to me, I think what happened was for whatever reason, eating that level, you know, cause a lot of the times in those burger joints, those, the meat they use is like 80, 20 fat. Right. And they just load it up and they're greasy. It's like, I do not, I never want to feel this way ever again. And ever since then I have not eaten a burger. Wow. Yeah, man. I just, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want this. I don't want to feel this gross. I, and I, I, I wasn't having a heart attack, but I just, it, it made me, it was such an impactful feeling of feeling poor and horrible that I just wrote it off and I'm, I'm never eating them again. Hey man, sometimes it bees like that. Unless again, because like my dad will make them with like 93, seven and stuff like that. Or if I make them at home, then I know that I'm eating that lean meat and it's not super fatty and covered in grease and all that type of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So then That's I can get down with it, but man, so I don't know. Wow. I mean, see, and I will say like, I, I, Sometimes like if we go somewhere, I might have a bite of something like that, but I would never eat a whole thing. You know, like she sure. might, if she likes them and she was like, Hey, try this. But a lot of those burger places, like at rodeo goat, you can get ground chicken instead of ground beef. You know, you can get a Turkey burger, which I'd prefer to get that. If I was going to eat something like that, you don't have to get beef. Right. And so sometimes I remember at rodeo goat, I tried it once and I did the ground chicken and it was just a ground chicken patty. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, okay. You know, it was more of just a lean meat. Bison is really good. We had some bison the other day that we made at home, just some ground bison meat. And holy crap, that was awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not opposed to meat. Like, I enjoy meat. And I, I would love to watch anybody eat a really just delicious hamburger. I just am, it's not my thing anymore. I can't do it. Like, they had a, they had a contest at the station. There's a, there's a burger chain here called Milo's, which I compare to Jack in the Box, like that level. Like their right. burgers are that greasy and that gross and stuff. And so Milo's is really big deal here where they, they had an eating contest at the station to see who could eat this meal from Milo's the fastest. And it was like a double stacked burger, fast food, by the way, a, a large fry, a large sweet tea and an apple turnover. And they're like, all right, are you in? I was like, no, they're like, why not? I was like, I will die if I eat that. <laughs> they're like what do you mean it's like i i literally haven't eaten a meal like that in i don't even know how long man like i will get sick immediately and they're like really you don't eat like you don't eat burgers and i was like no and they it blew their mind <laughs> and then i'm watching them do the, the contest at the station that day i'm like what is wrong with you guys how are you Everything. not and then of course after, afterwards they all felt like shit as you might imagine you know, you just funneled a giant fast food burger into your gut. And the guy who ended up eating it the fastest ate the whole thing in like three minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. That's a little extreme, I thought. Oh, you think? Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like the only fast food that I will. I mean, I it'll be Chick-fil-A. Like I enjoy Chick-fil-A. 
You know, but you can get no. you can get, get just like grilled nuggets at Chick Fil A, which is just basically a chicken breast that they cut up into little nugget pieces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Chick I rock with Chick Fil A, man. Yeah, Chick Fil A, man. You can't yeah. beat Chick Fil A. Uh, but I, you know, I uh, I try to eat at home as much as possible. Yeah, I mean that's what we do as well. And and you know, where I'll go out and just get kind of like a, a little snack thing. I mean, I'm you know, it's not. People think I eat like a Spartan or something. I was like, not really. I I just kind of. During the week, I do just because it's easy for me. I mean, I eat the same thing every day, and people at the station are like, "What's wrong with you?" It's like, I mean, it's easy and healthy. I mean, what's wrong with you? <laughs> for real. I mean, what do you care what I eat? Jeez, calm down. Although it was funny because we did, I had a live broadcast a few Fridays ago at a like a new little burger joint somewhere, and they kept trying to bring me food, and I was like, "Hey, I really appreciate it, but I got to be honest with you, I'm like, I just, I'm not going to eat it." I'm sure it's very, very good. And so for lunch, like I always do, I unzip my backpack at the place and I pull out my turkey rolls. Your turkey wrap. Yeah. And the guy that was there, our engineer, he's just laughing. He goes, really? He goes, really? You brought that even here? I was like, well, this is what I eat. I was like, I'm, I got to go home and work out this afternoon. I'm not going to eat this giant burger and all this crap and feel like crap the rest of the day. You know, he's like, man, that's that's dedication. I was like, I guess. No, you just figured out what works for you. It's you know. Exactly. Most of the world wishes they could figure out what works for them. Exactly. That is the way to do it, man. So enjoy it. And if you are a burger fan, maybe check that out. Busy Burger. Sounds like it might be pretty tasty over there by the Galleria. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for real. As we move forth, and we've got to get into an interesting, man, we got all kinds of angles here on college football that we got to discuss. But before we do that, I hope that you, if you have noticed those cracks in your walls or in your ceiling, I hope that you have given HFX Foundation Solutions a call because after the summer that Texas went through in the North Texas area, that will play all kinds of havoc on your foundation. And they are a full service foundation repair company. They service all of DFW. They do drainage. They do gutter installations. All of that that plays into your foundation. And it is a free, no obligation inspection. So if you start noticing those things, the cracks and the sticking doors and that type of thing, Man, you do not want to mess around with your foundation. No, man, you know, and this has been a weird year because, yeah, it's so much heat and so much rain. It was mm. easy for all of that combination to mess with your foundation, put you in a bad spot. What you want to do is call Aaron and his team over there at HFX and just say, hey, I need a colonoscopy for the crib. And they'll chuckle for a minute and then they'll go, oh, you just need us to come give it a once over. Uh, yeah, we'll do that for you. Uh, because here's the deal. Once you get the once over, you know, you find out, you get peace of mind. That's what I call it. Yeah. You know, that's the same reason why you get a colonoscopy. It's for peace of mind. It's, hey, you're in good shape. Don't worry about it. And, hey, if there is something, chances are we found it early. And it'll cost you, you know, a fraction of what it would if we find it late. But the main thing is to be preventative. Get your house looked at. Get the foundation examined. Have Aaron and his team do it for you. And get that peace of mind. It's easy to do. It's 817-770-0174. So give them a call. Let them know you heard about it on the podcast. They're going to get you set up, man. 817 817- Seven seven zero zero one seven four. Check them out online. They're at hfxfoundation.com. Also, of course, our good friends Juan and Brent and the crew over there at Smokey John's Barbecue help make the podcast possible. If you haven't had a chance, you got to get on over there. And, and we talked about it last week with all the family that people have in town for the holidays. If you've got family coming in for the holiday season at any point, you got to take them over to Smokey John's. Get that jam session bowl and just really show them a piece of what some of the best barbecue in the DFW area is all about. It's local, it's family owned, and you can't miss. 
They have a can't miss menu or not menu because even the stuff that's not on the menu is fantastic. We've had people that like we talk about the jam session bowl and we've had some of you guys that listen, you go and try it. And then you send us another picture like a month later, like, well, had to come back for this because <laughs> it's awesome. Dude, I think the thing about Smokey John's is number one is Matt told you, there's nothing bad on the menu. Two, there's something delicious, man, about ordering something. And having people say, hey, what? What is that? Where's that? On? Is that on the menu? And you go, oh, yeah. oh no. And I, as I like to say, this happened to me a few months ago. I was like, well, you know, those who know don't say, and those who say don't know. Yeah. As I, as, as, you know, to play with them a little bit. But no, nah, man, Jam Session Bowl is fantastic. Just to, if you don't know yet, it's a mac and cheese, a mashed potato base. Then your choice of two out of the five smoked meats that Smokey John says. I normally go with the brisket and the sausage because... Hey, I'm a brisket sausage guy. Mm. And then, bro, they put all that loaded baked potato stuff on it. Bacon bits, chives, sour cream, butter if you rock with if you rock with it like that. They drizzle it with some sauce. Ah, it's heavenly, bro. Mm. You know, you can kind of hear the harp and the angels sing when they put the top on it and say, it's ready. So go. Go listen to <laughs> angels sing at Smokey John's Barbecue. It's in the DFW area. It's right over there off Mockingbird yes. in between Love Field and 35. Or go to SmokeyJohns.com and, and you can order. Talk about, we were talking about Bruce Biltong earlier as a good stocking stuffer. Their barbecue sauce and their rub is available. You can order it online. They'll ship it to you. That makes a great stocking stuffer as well. Or pick it up like at HEB or whatever. So Smokey John's Barbecue, man. Those guys are awesome. So we got to talk about it. The game. I was, I got to tell you, when earlier this week, it sounded like Blake Corum was probably not going to be able to really do anything for Michigan. And for those that don't know, Blake Corum is one of the better running backs in the country this season and has been a huge chunk of what Michigan does offensively goes through him in the run game. I thought, okay, it's at the shoe. Blake Corum not playing, man, I, what has Michigan got? I, I was stunned. And I think everybody was because nobody – we have not seen J.J. McCarthy in the Michigan offense do what they did yesterday as far as through the air with some of the plays that Ohio State secondary, for whatever reason, could not figure out. And that was an ass-kicking, dude. I mean, they, they whipped y'all's ass. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. And you know, I'm a, I'm a. Even though it's my team, I'm really pretty realistic about it. It was a, it was, it turned into an ass kicking, but Ohio State controlled and dominated the game for the first quarter and a half. Yeah, and just wasted opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to really force. It was, you know, Michigan was starting to throw it when they wanted to, but it's much different when you got to throw it when you have to. And if they could have gotten up 17-3, which they had any number of opportunities to do then they could have really made it difficult for them and put that doubt back in their head and all that mental stuff comes to mind. But when I sit back and watch the game, because uh, me and my dude were watching at a sports bar yesterday. It was actually a pretty good sports bar in uh, Las Galinas. Uh, it's somehow, there was like no Michigan people there. I promise you, I didn't plan this. Wow. And it wasn't all that crowded, so it was a good, you know, so it was, it was a good time watching the game. And we're talking the whole game, man, and I'm telling them, dude, I'm telling you, if they can't run it, they're not going to be able to win ultimately and they can't run it right now bro so we're in good shape even though we keep wasting all these opportunities but as as the game started to uh started to to reveal itself how it was really going down you know i had the 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 thought that came to my mind bro 
is, uh, and I was talking to my son about this, is, is number one, because he played high school football, so we can have a, a real football conversation about the game as it's going on. It's, it's clear that they are dropping into coverage, playing zone, and Ryan Day ain't got no zone busters. Yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you doing, bro? This is like Dak against Denver last year. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? You ain't got no zone busters? You ain't got no plays for zone coverage? You can't tell C.J. Stroud, oh, okay, they're playing zone. Let's go to this package of play. You, with all the receivers you got, you can't figure out how to do that. So that was bad on Ryan Day's part, man. Then C.J. Stroud missed some throws that some dude who's supposed to be a top five pick in the draft has to make. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, ultimately, nah, th- this is a cheap second guess, but it's a legit second guess. But it's a second guess I didn't make because I've been busy this year and I haven't, I haven't invested the mental time that I, that I really should have. So the hired gun, the guy, the one person in America who's supposed to fix your defense and get it ready to play Michigan because that's the only game that matters really on your schedule uh, for you to get where you're trying to go. That guy. You found him at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has won all these, what, Matt? All these Big 12 titles? No. All these, nas- all these national championships? All these guys they sent to the NFL? All these number one overall picks on defense they've had? That guy. That's the guy that you hired to fix the defense. Well, he didn't. Bro, it was an epic fail, and then they quit at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, they did. Uh, they got ran. Those last, like the long plays, were just ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, so it was a uh, it was a total ass kicking at the end. It was an embarrassment, but to me, man, it was a huge, huge, huge indictment on Ryan Day. And here's why, man, because and I, I told Matter this early. I mean, he coached so scared. Yeah. I mean, I think I tweeted it out during the game, but he coached so scared. Uh, that first fourth and two where he's like, let's punt. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. You have what some consider the best offense in America. Certainly one of the top five offenses in America. You got a quarterback who's going to be either the first or the second quarterback taken in a draft. You're going to punt on fourth and two on their side of the 50 from like the 40-yard line? Like, yeah. what are you doing, bro? And then the last thing, it's first and 35. Me and my son are looking at ourselves going, if this was Mad Man, you just hit the reset button and start over. But it's not, so it's first and 35. This drive is over, it's done, it's a wrap. Wait a minute, Matt, it's fourth and six. How the fuck did this occur? It's fourth and six. We actually have a chance to convert first and 35? Yeah. Oh my God. Is he running the punt team out there? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? And to me, man, that was just like the epitome of just being scared. And then this is the last thing I'll say on my rant, because I don't rant very often. Um, you have to give credit to Michigan. I mean, you do. I'm not one of those cats. Because whoever the safety is, he made the play of the game. Uh, because when they do the throwback pass to the tight end, Stover has the ball, and he does exactly what you're taught to do. You go right through the dude's hands and knock it out. Because if they score the touchdown there, it's a three-point game with seven minutes left. Defense is back into it. Now you have a chance to go make a play, come win the game at the end. It's all good this morning. But that didn't happen because that dude made a hell of a play. 
Yeah, it, it, it didn't happen. And, and now Ohio State, we'll see what the rankings that come out are on Tuesday night if they fall to five or if Bama gets ahead of them. How could they not fall any less than that? Well, I'm telling you, man, like the committee, the fact that they, they got blown out at home and they got beat by a Michigan who didn't have their best player will carry a lot of weight with the committee. Well, yeah, it should. And I so mean, to me, like, I, I think I, I keep telling people, like, I would not be surprised at all if Alabama is five and Ohio State is six. And then depending on how the conference title games go, everybody's convinced that TCU and USC are going to get in regardless. I was like, no, they're not. It becomes one of those things where you, you kind of look at what the committee is and what they do and the the metrics that they look at and stuff. And, you know, if, if everybody wins this weekend, and hopefully they will, because I think it'd be c- cool to see a playoff like this, Georgia and Michigan are in. Right. And I don't think it matters if either one of them loses. I can't imagine Purdue's beating Michigan, but you never know. And after what we saw from LSU, who I didn't really LSU is one of the weirdest teams to me this year because I never thought they were one of the best teams in the country. And the A&M just overexposed them yesterday. And I I really wasn't surprised. I was surprised that A&M finally realized that they have Devin A-Chain. Devon A-Chain and, and to use him and Wigman, obviously, and I've said this before, he looks like he's going to develop perhaps and be the real deal. But, you know, if everybody wins out, it's going to be Georgia, it'll be Michigan, it'll be TCU, and it'll be USC. And we'll go from there. And then your semifinals should be Georgia, USC, and Michigan will take on TCU. And we'll see which two are left standing. But none of those teams to me is as complete as what Georgia is. And, you know, Georgia at times this year has just looked bored. And then they get in some of these games where they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we should just wipe the field with this team. And then they just turn it on. They have a gear that nobody else had. And none of those teams, like somebody's trying to argue with me, Michigan would destroy Georgia. I was like, okay, well, I'm done with you. Like, we've seen this play out before. We literally saw it last year. And I don't know that this year's Michigan team is better than last year's Michigan team. And Georgia destroyed them. So I don't know what to tell you guys, man. I mean, it's, they're just not, and TCU, I hope they get in the playoff because I'm going to laugh my ass off when they get murdered. I don't know if Michigan will destroy them, but if TCU plays Georgia at some point, Georgia, and again, Georgia would be a double-digit favorite over all these teams. I mean, that's just reality. Like, can they get upset? Yes, of course. Anybody can lose any given day, but going into it, they will be considered the favorite and they'll be a double-digit favorite in these games. Yeah, like, you know, this is not sour grapes because I've just given you a whole rant on why Michigan is better. But, I, you know, Michigan to me, they didn't um, – there's there's a lot there. I was just like, yeah, they're, they're cool, but, yeah, I don't – I can see how they get exposed later. Yeah, a lot of these teams, man. I mean, it, it's – like somebody because I don't think you're going to be – I don't think you're going to have, like, eight – 80-yard touchdown passes against normal teams. No, you're not. No. And, and Georgia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Georgia, because people are like, well, they lost all that talent last year. They have it again. Their defense is just as good as it was last year. I mean, they don't have, eight, like, whatever it is, eight NFL starters on their defense. They only have five or six, <laughs> you know? So it's still like that level of it, man. But we'll see how it plays out. But, again, if you're a TCU fan, you should be stoked. They're going to play Kansas State for the Big 12 title on Saturday, win, and they're going to the playoff. And there's going to be, if TCU or USC loses, and again, there's a good chance Alabama still gets into this thing, and people will be infuriated. But the committee, Alabama has one of the hardest strengths of schedules in the nation. 
they've won all the games but two and the two losses they had the committee almost will forgive you for losing if you lose on the road on a last second play and it's like a one like a three-point game and both of their losses are like that and they'll look at that and say well you know they barely lost on the road and and this team over here lost by 22 points it's what they do i mean you know people argue about it's like i'm not i'm not saying that i think it should be like that i'm just telling you what the committee generally over the last however many years the way that they do things which is why we're going to a 12 team playoff and none of this will be a problem yeah and i'm 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 all for that man because i think uh, if they went out uh you know tcu and the uh, usc should get should get an opportunity to see for sure they, they should yes yeah. should see what they can do yeah they will if they again they are one win away tcu and kansas state bk state you're in the playoff and then usc and who they end up playing i can't remember is it oregon Maybe they get Utah because Oregon lost. Yeah, Oregon lost, and I can't. I, I don't know what the hell happened? I don't. I didn't see the final score in the Washington State game because that was where it played out. But yeah, so I think Washington State won. I think no, uh, I think Washington won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is. You're right. Yeah. So that makes it uh, USC and Utah in the Pac-12 title game on Friday night. By the way, and I don't know that U- Utah is a solid team. I I, I kind of figure that TCU and USC are going to win which it'd be wild if they don't because that'll throw some chaos in there. But why not? I, I, I think it's fun when teams – we just saw Georgia and Michigan last year. We already get to see them again. I'd rather see a couple of teams we haven't seen. I, I, I think it's good when teams that have never been in there, even if it's a traditional power like USC, I think it's good when new teams are in the playoff. Yeah, I'm feeling you on that. I'm with that. So we'll see how it goes. The other – I mean, there's all kinds of college news. It looks like Luke Fickle is going to leave Cincinnati – and take over as the new head coach at Wisconsin. We're seeing some reports coming out about that. It's interesting because Cincinnati, keep it, let's remember, they're going to the Big 12. They're going to be a player in a Power 5 conference. It's going to be easier, I think, in the Big 12 than it is in the Big 10, but Luke Fickle, okay, go to Wisconsin. Matt Rule going to Nebraska is very interesting. Because all we've seen Matt Rule do in college is go into really bad situations and he's a program builder and he's had success turning programs around wherever he has gone. Man, you know, doing what he did at Baylor, that Nebraska, man, it's a totally different situation. But turning Nebraska around in the Big Ten, that is a tall, tall task. That's why I got an eight-year deal. <laughs> I just, and, and he is the type of guy, I mean, he got, he, he recruited well at Baylor. He recruited well when he was at Temple. And again, he's, he's just had that success. I just don't know, man, Nebraska, man, hmm. we'll see. I mean, if anybody can do it, I guess Matt Rule can. Well, you know, transfer, transfer portal helps. It does. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. If, yeah, I think you're right. If anybody can do it, he can because I don't know if anybody can do it. Yeah, and, and you look at it. I mean, let's keep in mind what he took over at Baylor. One and eleven his first year, eleven and three when he left. What he took over at Temple was straight trash. Two and ten in his first year, and then ten and three when he left. And I'll tell you this, man: if he goes into Nebraska, and that would be the idea. I mean, just based on his track record, you know, this is a team that that might go three and nine or four and eight next year, and then he starts building it so that three years from now, if Nebraska wins ten games within three years. Holy crap, man. You talk about the job this guy's doing. Yeah, he'll be that dude. We'll see. And then the other thing, 
And you had told me this a while back and, and now it's being reported out there for people to know that Dion has been offered the Colorado job by the Buffaloes. Yeah, I don't know that he's, I mean, I've told everybody this because obviously people think I, I, I have insight and I have insight, but I don't know what he's going to do. But I was just like, uh, I've heard about Colorado for a minute. Yeah. But um, you can offer the job. That doesn't mean it was accepted. I don't know if it was or wasn't. But uh, of all the places he could go, that one seemed to, to be the one that had the least amount of uh, obvious fit to me. And, you know, uh, and I still a big, it's still a, it's still a uh, power five job. So you look at it. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. Uh, I read an article that a friend of mine sent me yesterday that talked about uh, they have a hard time getting in transfers because the way their, their university is set up, they don't have a lot of liberal arts degrees. And so it can be hard for people to come in and have the transfer credits accepted and all that sort of thing. And I say that because Dion's approach to recruiting is 80% transfers, 20% high school kids. And he breaks that into grad transfers, which he likes 40%, and then 40% regular transfer portal people. And so if you can't get the transfers in, that would be a, a drawback from him. And then I had another person text me and go, hey, Dion would be a great hire for him. I just don't know if they're willing to do all that it takes to, to compete at the highest level. And yeah. I was like, well, well. He don't really want to play if he can't compete at the highest level. So that's why that's why it just seemed odd to me. And that's why I say, you know, often job offered is one thing, but yep. But uh, a job accepted is something else. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things. I mean, Colorado, much like Nebraska. I mean, let's keep in mind that this was a team that was competing for national titles. You know, I mean, a long time ago. Yes. In the early 90s. Uh, I remember when they got their ass kicked by Texas in the Big 12 title game, the year that Texas went to the title, when they beat Colorado like 73 or whatever it was. And you look at this since 2000, like the early 2000s when they were an okay program. You know, McIntyre had success with them a few years ago. They won 10 wins. That is the only season since 2004 that they have won more than eight games in. Wow. I mean, we are talking about since then, the last few seasons, five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. And then obviously in the, the COVID year, they only played six games. So who cares? Four and eight last year. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's a trash program. That is one of those schools that has really just fallen off the map, kind of like Nebraska and has not been able to figure it out and has gone through several coaches and is one of the worst programs in the country. I mean, they're one in 11 this year. They, they're one of the worst programs, if not the actual worst program in college football at the FBS level right now. In the yeah. power five, for sure. I, they, they are the worst power five program. Dude, that says a lot now. It does. So, I mean, does Dion want to go in there? And like you said, are they going to commit to actually trying to win with the football team? Who knows? We'll see. But there's a lot. I mean, Auburn apparently is going after Hugh Freeze after the Lane Kiffin thing. And that was weird. You know, Lane, some reporter saying he had sources that Lane was going to leave on Friday and go to Auburn. And then Lane had to come out and rips this guy. And it was like, that was never true. I'd never had anything. I had to have a meeting with my team to tell them that this is not true. Well, probably what that means is he was going there. And then something happened at the last minute to change his mind. Because I've told you all before, you can be you can be right and look wrong. Yeah. 
when when information changes because what I always say sports is fluid and so mm-hmm. yeah he could have he could have been preparing to go and could have and that guy could have talked to the people at the other school like oh yeah Lane's coming and then old Miss scooped in at the last second like okay dude what if we do this will you just stay uh, and then go yeah because when he put out that tweet about where he was mocking a guy with breaking news yeah I was like oh well he's decided to stay then because he wouldn't come that strong if there was any doubt that he was going to stay. Yeah, and, and I had heard earlier in the week that it was, you know, things behind the scenes. That was kind of the expectation. And yeah, so whatever happened, something probably changed, as you said. And he, is, he signed, signed his extension. He's staying at Ole Miss. Auburn has now turned their attentions to Hugh Freeze. And yeah, I mean, Hugh Freeze, basically, after Liberty got their ass kicked this weekend, I mean, it, it, the way he talked, it, he was like, I mean, look, is there a job out there that's available that I would have interest in? Sure. Yeah, there's definitely that. And so you're like, oh, OK, well, we'll, we'll see after after all that crap that happened with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss years ago. You know, he's turned it around and, and he's got Liberty as one of the top independent schools and they play really well. And I'll be curious to see what he can do at Auburn. But, you know, David Shaw is retiring and stepping down. So Stanford's going to be open. Mm-hmm. Is can somebody come in there and get that program back to where you know, quite honestly, where Harbaugh had him and then where David Shaw had him at one point, and they've really fallen off. Uh, Florida Atlantic job just opened yep. up, FAU is now open, so it's that season, man, for a lot of teams like the Aggies that, that didn't get into a bowl. Your season's over, you're done, and the transfer portal opens on uh, Monday, December 5th, and, and we'll start seeing some player movement. A lot of teams will have coaches and, and new hires. And for other schools, we'll see who's going to get into the playoff and what bowl are you going to go to? I will say, I thought Texas closing out Baylor on Friday had a good win and a solid finish to their season to get to eight and four, which is a really nice stepping stone because now Sark has set that thing up to where you say, okay, now go get 10 wins. Don't lose to Tech and Oklahoma State when you're up by double digits in the second half next season and go out there and figure out how you get to that 10 and 2 plateau in year three. Exactly. Exactly. It's set up now, and now it's time to go go make it happen. Yeah, because I thought at the beginning of the year, I thought, man, best case scenario, and I had a hard time convincing myself. I said, maybe 9 and 3. is like, but this has got 8 and 4. It's like, if they don't go 8 and 4, you're not taking a positive step because I figured nobody knew Oklahoma was going to be trash. I knew they were going to lose to Alabama. I figured, you know, Oklahoma, they probably lose that game and then they are going to crap the bed and screw up somewhere. And they did. And they finished eight and four. So we'll see moving forward. You know, Quinn Ewers, the jury is still out on Quinn Ewers, man. They need a little bit more from a guy who is that highly recruited with that type of hype. And now Arch Manning will be there. He's going to enroll in January, and they'll have that battle, and we'll see. As Quinn Ewers, we all kind of figured he's going to be the starter. But is Arch Manning going to come in as a freshman and, and take it, take the job from him? We'll see. Or is he going to be the next? Uh, who's the guy at Ohio State from Las Vegas? Tate something. Oh, Tate Martell? Is he going to be Tate Martell? <laughs> Maybe he will be. be. this or that? And Maybe he will be. Because here's what because here's what'll happen. Real talk. Say Arch Manning comes in, they compete, and they go, Oh, Arch Manning's better. Yeah. Then what's Quinn Ewers going to do? He's going he to leave. Tra- he would leave, yeah. Right. He's going to transfer. So now what are we talking about? Now we're talking about your third school in three years. That sort of thing. You know, your third offense you gotta learn, all this other stuff, man. So Yeah, you just never know, bro. Yeah, you never know. We shall find out. But 
a wild finish to the college football season, and we'll see. We'll know next weekend who is going to play in the playoff. But again, if you want to know, it's easy. If TCU and USC win on Saturday, they are going to the playoff with Georgia and Michigan, and we'll have that. If not, things will get very interesting with Ohio State and Alabama. And we'll find out Tuesday, Tuesday night when they release the rankings, who they have, if, if Ohio State's five or Bama's five, and that'll be telling based on what happens championship weekend. But that's our podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. We will be back with you. A new episode dropping on Wednesday, and we'll start looking ahead. Cowboys and Colts on Sunday night football as Dallas will try to get that ninth win of the season. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.